Welcome everyone. I am Jeffrey Goodman, the Director of Marketing and Development here at the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana, and we're here for episode nine of our new podcast interview series entitled Shreveport Bossier, My City, My Community, My Home. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Harrison, the Executive Pastor at Broadmoor Baptist Church. Tom, thanks so much for being here. Jeffrey, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. I'm looking forward to it, so let's hop on in, if we could. Um, this is the only time I'll refer to you as Dr. Harrison. But, Thank you. <laughs> um, Dr. Harrison, correct me if I'm wrong. You did not grow up in Shreveport, Bossier, but moved here in 1981 and have been here ever since. That, that's pretty correct. <laughs> okay, that's pretty correct. Um, what did, my first question is, what did Shreveport, Bossier look and feel like when you first arrived? Uh, when I arrived to the Broadmoor area, because I was called by Broadmoor Baptist, it was very communal. Um, the local high school for us then, as a student minister, uh, was Captain Shreve, was primarily the students I dealt with. Uh, Bird was in existence, but it had really uh, gone down. Uh, they, they were not a magnet school at that time. They were a neighborhood school, and we were in transition there as a neighborhood. Uh, Magnet School was, uh, Magnet High was brand new. Uri Drive was the principal middle school, but however, Broadmoor Middle School had become a kind of like a lab school and people would camp out. So the neighborhood was thriving and uh, it was a great community to be in. And uh, so we really took to it. We uh, lived on Leland Street and we had our first, uh, our kid, both of our kids there. And uh, so it was quite a great community for us to live in. And what, what jumped out at you just in terms of, you know, the feel of, of Shreveport Bossier? The friendliness. You know, one thing I think about Shreveport that is still about it today is that there are a lot of people from the surrounding rural areas that have moved here. And because of that, you kind of get a little country feel. Now, I have to tell you, I'm a city slicker. I was, I was reared in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I ended up here, and so it's a real country feel. I, I don't, I, I didn't hunt fish, uh, and so I was kind of a fish out of water. But but I loved it. I married a Texan, and so there's a little bit of outdoors to her. But but Shreveport's taught me a lot, so it's been a great community. Great. So talk to me about some areas of the community in which you've seen positive growth in the 41 years since you've been here? I think the positivity has been that when I was a middle schooler, integration happened in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it was a very trying and difficult time. Uh, I come to Shreveport, and segregation is huge on Sundays. Being a minister, then I don't see many others that, that are like mine, like my people, you know, the people in my neighborhood, the people in my community. And so the positive change was I met Mac McCarter. And Mac McCarter lured me to come to Shreveport Bossier Community Renewal. So although I've been here 40 years, I left Shreveport for four months to go work in Fort Worth, Texas. I was offered a lot more money, to be honest with you. And I had two children and the lure of the money to take care of my family was great. But once I got there, I realized you know, this is not home. This is not what I have been accustomed to the last 10 years. And actually, Broadmoor Baptist called me back. When I came back, I became an associate pastor, and I did that for about 9 or 10 years. I met Mac, 
and he introduced me to a different discipleship and community. And I began to meet my neighbors outside of the Broadmoor area, and it was wonderful. And so I actually left Broadmoor Baptist for two and a half years and became a uh, ecumenical minister in that one week I might be at a Catholic church, the next Friday I might be in a synagogue, or uh, the next week I'd be in a black church. And so for two and a half years, I really got to know our city, and it was beautiful. And so for me, not just being in one neighborhood and only being influenced by those in that neighborhood has been a blessing. I feel like now that I'm more well-rounded, that I know a lot more people in our whole city. This YMCA is a great blessing to our city, not because it's got all the fancy stuff, but it allows all parts of our community to come together. I mean, whether you're Jewish or Christian or Protestant or Catholic or Muslim, it doesn't matter. We all meet here and we can all work together and do events together. So that's a beautiful city. And how do we how do we replicate that more in other spaces you feel uh, in the shreveport Bossier area? You know, I think that we have to become friends. And friendships are formed when you spend time with people. So we have a lot of distrust, whether it's Jewish, Christian, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, whether it's black, white, whether it's Muslim, um, whatever. Until we spend time together, we'll never really know each other. And so we can't trust each other. And that's, that's, that's a sad thing. And how do we find ways to do that? Well, if I come up here and I swim in the pool, and over the last year I've learned to swim, I didn't swim before, you know, the guy in the next lane, I will probably have a conversation with. And whether it's Carranza Pryor, who is a black gentleman that's a lawyer at uh, LSU Medical Center, or whether it's a, an older man that, that goes to another church that I don't even know. It doesn't matter. We're both in the water. We're all trying to tread to make it to the other end. And the other thing is that we can ask each other questions. How do you do that? And I've learned a lot in the pool about how to do that. And that's trust. And I'm breaking down barriers because I've simply just had a conversation. And how about, I mean, that's, I completely agree. I mean, I think we're doing that. We're bringing people together here. Yeah. But I would say, I don't know the exact words, but I'd say like that's kind of happening, happening passively here. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of happening as as a result of this place being here. How do we be more intentional? Proactive? Yeah. Yeah. How can we be more intentional? So when you told me you were only going to call me Dr. Harrison one time, that made my heart leap because when you give people titles, it seems to separate them. When you told me, when you told them I was Broadmoor Baptist, it put another big hickey on me because people have word pictures of what that means. I just want to be known as Tom Harrison, and my servant place in the community is part-time Broadmoor Baptist, but I serve in a lot of places, and I do that intentionally because I want to be out among people. So I'm a member of other clubs. I'm other, members of other organizations. And as a matter of fact, I was all over the state. I was in Baton Rouge with the governor in the mansion. I was on the hill with the representatives. Uh, then I drove up to Monroe to be with a, a, a bunch of guys in a fraternal organization that serve before I got home last night. So you have to be intentional. And so... Um, I think that what can the Y do? What can other groups in our city do to be more open and honest and intentional? 
You know, I hate that there was a shooting last week that caused hundreds of people to get together to walk down the block. Uh, with community renewal, I walked down the block once or twice a week just praying in the different communities. So my Sunday school class, as most people would call it, um, we helped start uh, after school program in Cedar Grove. We built the first house in Cedar Grove where now they have adult care, they have training for children after school, they teach people how to get a GED, uh, we have job connections, and, and my Sunday school class is no longer with that one, but we've moved over to the elementary side. And so we helped Michelle do um, some after school events. So we have to be intentional, we have to, but we have to make it available. You know, if you make an announcement on Monday that this Saturday you're going to have an event, man, people aren't going to be able to come because we're busy. If you have children, you're super busy. And so some people get disappointed when they announce, hey, we're going to have this event and nobody showed up from your neighborhood. Well, you know what? Um, my calendar, I've got stuff on there for the next six months. And so we have to work at it and we have to be open and we have to provide opportunity. Sounds simple, but we have to work at it. So from your perspective, even though we, we kind of covered a little bit of this, where do we still struggle the most as a community? Well, the big thing is trust. Can you, you know, we've got some people who don't trust the policemen. We've got some people who don't trust the, the pastors. We got some people who don't trust the education system. You know, it's about trust. And I believe that trust is based on, you know, how can we get together so you know me? I mean, I'm sure when I walked in here as a Baptist preacher this morning, you had some preconceived ideas about who I am. I have preconceived ideas. When I heard the name Goodman, I know who your dad is, an orthopedic surgeon, I believe. Uh, your mom is a big-time volunteer in our city. Um, but... I was so anxious to meet you because I thought, if I can just get flesh to flesh with you, maybe you won't see who you thought I was. And we've got to do that in community. And I, and I don't have the answer for that. But if we don't forge ahead and make some relationships, we'll never make it. And you, we are gonna, we're going to cover Broadmoor Baptist a little bit sure, more. Sure, sure. Um, you're the executive pastor at Broadmoor Baptist. Talk to me a little about the church, its values, and focus. Yeah. Um, I think that we have, in the last 20 years, I think that we've really changed. Uh, before I came to Broadmoor, we had a lot of people that were um, educators, meaning they were on the school board, not only just teachers, they were on the school board. Uh, we had a couple a mayor in our community. Uh, we've had some city leaders. And so a lot of the city of Shreveport looked at us as political. And as a matter of fact, people might join our church because they want to be elected. You know, I, I mean, that's good and bad. If you join our organization just so you can get something out of it, I call that selfish. Our community is built to be supportive. And so one of the things we've seen in the last 20 years with Dr. Pucho is we now have a Hispanic church within our church. We have people of color coming to our church. We are openly saying we're here to support and love you. 
I don't think that people realize sometimes how we're involved with different agencies in our city. Just for instance, my Sunday school class, we are giving money to the food bank. We are connected in Cedar Grove with an after-school program. We give money to help students in Cuba and Mexico. Uh, we have people in our class who volunteer at VOA. Uh, we have people in our class who are serving all over the community, but we don't advertise that. I don't think as a church you want to advertise because it looks like you're bragging. But I can assure you that like the logo inside the walls of our church is everyone on mission. Now what that means is that every member of our church is given the charge, you go serve. Wherever God opens up the door for you, go serve. So we have people who go to the Middle East and serve. We have people serving all around the world. We have people who are serving in our city. And we are really trying to put energy to that because we believe that we should be servants. I mean, why wouldn't we serve humanity? Um, in the New Testament, there's a phrase that says, um, I'm trying to get it right in Galatians, it says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Now that's a big phrase. Because people think their money count, and it does count. It can do good. People think that the number of things they can collect counts. There's nothing implicitly wrong with materialism. I think I think everybody should have a nice home. I think everybody should have a good car they could drive. But if that's your only focus, then how's it going to help others? So when I think it says uh, love, love means that you're willing to lay down your life. I mean, that you're really w willing to, to walk with some people in difficult places. And um, so Broadmoor Baptist is trying to teach their people how can we be better servants? How can we be on mission every day? You know, it's okay to go on a mission trip once a year. and That's good. But really, we need to be on mission every day, you know? Uh, Matthew 25 says, uh, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I mean, that's, that's love. So how can we do that better? That's what we're trying to say to our people. A culture of caring. That's really who we're trying to become. So that probably looks different than maybe some people have thought about it 20 and 30 and 40 years ago. People used to look at us as a political machine. I hate that. I just don't think that's who the church is supposed to be. What's the history of Broadmoor Baptist? When did Broadmoor Baptist start? How, how long? We will celebrate 100 years, I think, wow. in about 90, uh, in 29. Don't, my members are going to crucify me. Because <laughs> it's 28 or 29. We'll be 100 years old. Okay. So that's, that's how long it's been here. And they've started a few different churches like Haynes Avenue, LRB Road Baptist, um, Tracy Graham's church out there on LB, uh, where, where, North Ferry. North Ferry. Uh, those are some of our church plants. So they've had a history of starting some other churches too. So that's good. So what you just spoke about takes me to my next question. So you've, you've led and, and continue to lead a tremendous life of service. I asked a similar question in a panel discussion we hosted. If someone came to you and wanted your opinion on whether or not he or she is giving back 
to the community enough, how would you determine that? You can't ever give enough. I mean, look what we have. We have been so blessed. Can I ever give back enough? I think that we were created to give. I mean, I honestly, uh, you say I've got a life of serving. I'm thinking, how much more can I do with the years I got left? Um, I gained strength by being with other people. It just blesses my life to be with others. And especially to be with others in a diverse way. Uh, you know, you and I might not be of the same tradition religiously, but if we go do a project together, it doesn't matter what our religious tradition is. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you and I want to help lift somebody else up. So we can't do enough of that. If we, if we did more of that, our city would be different. And, you know, I know there are people in our city that care, and I know that people who want to serve. In our church... Our people want to know, how do I get there? And so one of the things we might do a better job is creating pathways or roadways to helping people learn how they can serve. I don't know if that answers your question. And what does that mean? Like, what is a pathway or what, what does that look like? So for, for me at my job, I've said to our missions guys, so look, I need our people to be able to know who do they contact and when do they need help. I'll just use the hub. Uh, do you know what the hub is? It's an inner, inner city ministry that mainly deals with homelessness. They are also, they have a part of their ministry that deals with girls who are taken, you know, for, to be used. Uh, what's the title of that? Exploitation. Yeah, they're exploited. So they help people get out of that. So for me to identify for our people, hey, you can go serve on Saturdays. Uh, you can work in their clothing room or you can work, you know. We don't provide enough information to our own people to know when the rescue mission wants help, when the hub wants help, when, like yesterday my Sunday school class was passing around a note, we've been able to get medical supplies to Providence House. They need certain things and we got them all collected. There's a guy in our group that was able to do that. There's another guy, a girl that said, hey, they need sheets and blankets and to take care of this one room. So uh, there's a lot of organizations with need but we've got to identify that and get it to our people. I hate to say spoon feed, but if we don't spoon feed our people, they might not get there. Just uncovering opportunities. Exactly. And exposing. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'm down to my final question. We may, we may. Man, I thought you had a lot of stuff to ask me. <laughs> He's not liking me, Ellen. He's pushing me out. Quick. That's not true. <laughs> In your career, you've done a significant amount of mission work all around the world. When you meet people during your travels and they ask you what it's like in Shreveport, Bossier, what do you tell them? Come. There's a lot to offer here. There, you know, people want to look at demographics and they use that as the hammer to say, don't come. But what you need to understand is this. Michael Jackson sang a song about one bad apple. Remember what that said? Mm-hmm. Man, you are too young. <laughs> one bad apple doesn't spoil, spoil the whole bunch. When you look at the demographics of Shreveport, and I think it's like 160,000 people live here, 
the first thing people want to do is look at crime rates. They're looking at such a small percentage of the people. There are people who don't want to do good. But Jeffrey, there are going to be nine that do of the ten. And we don't need to highlight the problems that are all around our world because these problems exist everywhere. They, we always highlight bad stuff. Why don't we highlight good stuff? Why don't we go down there to the rescue mission? Why don't we go to the inner city? Why don't we go to a senior adult housing unit and see how many people are doing good? Why do we always get attracted to the bad? So if I'm in another country and they ask me about my community, I can name a bunch of lighthouses. Now I know we have a lighthouse in our city, but I mean, there are a lot of points of light in Shreveport, but they never get highlighted because you turn on the news. What do they talk about? Don't do that. Why can't we highlight the good stuff? Why don't we look at the high school student who wants to go to next level edu education and they already know that they have to give tons of service hours or they'll never get looked at for that next level of education. Why don't we highlight some of those students and all the places they're serving? You know, my, my son became a Boy Scout. I was never a Boy Scout. I didn't have the opportunity. My parents didn't involve me in that. But my son became a, a Boy Scout. Like I wasn't a fisherman or a hunter, I wasn't real good at being a Boy Scout because I didn't know about all that merit stuff. But you know what? There were some dads in that scout group that had become Eagle Scouts, and they knew the pathway, and their sons were getting Eagle Scouts, and they helped my son to become an Eagle Scout. Tom Harrison didn't do that. Travis Harrison did that because of the Bruce Hendersons, because of all the guys, the Mark Pearsons, the ones who other sons were going, they brought him along. You know, I was embarrassed because I didn't have those skills. Now, if you want me to go do this, I have some skills there. But they took my son through that. And, you know, there are people in Shreveport that will do that. You just get them hooked up or get them connected. I like the YMCA because, you know, the YMCA is trying to establish baseball again. Well, you know what's happened. All the good players get sucked up in traveling teams. And then the Little League falls apart because they want to be – I mean, hey – the YMCA says, hey, everybody come here, we'll play. We'll play basketball, we'll play baseball. You can learn to swim, you can work out. Um, you know, I had a real problem with obesity. Over the last 18 months, I've lost 95 pounds. I, could, I, I struggled with weight all my life and very obese. No one knew my temperament and what I was thinking inside. And no one knew that every time I stood up in the pulpit that I would have some lady come up to me afterwards and say, you're gonna have a stroke, you're gonna have a heart attack. You know, and tell me how bad I looked. Finally, I got a key to go see a doctor in Baton Rouge who did surgery. And now for the last 18 months, I can stand and preach in my pulpit and I don't have to worry about somebody telling me I'm fat. You know, you don't know what a fat person feels because you're not fat. But I'm going to tell you, there's a significant bias in people who are overweight. And I, when I see overweight people now, I am like a magnet. I go to them and try to build hope in their life because I know underneath there's a good person. But sometimes we let the outside cover the inside, and we do that in community, and we got to stop that. There are people of value. In, in the Psalms, which is in most people's books, 
it says that God created us in our mother's womb. Hey, and it's Mother's Day this weekend. God created us in our mother's womb, and we are wonderfully made. That's every single life is important. And we look too much on the outside and discount what's on the inside. So, man, I hope in all my missions and all the things I do that I will get past the veneer of the outside and find that rich person inside that God's made. Because it takes all of us. And there's some good if we'll take the time to discover it. I appreciate you being here. I, I didn't mention it, but I'm not going to race you any anytime soon because I hear you have quite the legacy of, of running uh, in the past. So. Hey, that's called the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, God afforded me that vehicle to get a college education. I, I came from a family. My parents were divorced when I was young. My mom was manic bipolar. So by the time I was a junior at Baylor, she committed suicide. My dad was really distraught. He was doing midlife crazy. And I didn't have any chance. Uh, but I, a friend took me to church. I wasn't Baptist all my life. I was nothing. But a friend took me to a Baptist church. And man, I got hope for the first time in my life. And so I became a good athlete because people would praise me and tell me I was a person of worth. Well, then I was good enough in distance running that I could get a scholarship. I was headed to the Citadel, and I, that's a military school from Fort Lauderdale. You know what the, why I was going, Jeffrey? Because I had no money. And if you go to a military school, they give you all your clothes. All you have to have is undergarments. So I was going to become a military guy because they were going to pray for my clothing. But my pastor said, well, if you think God's called you to be a minister, you may go to a Baptist school. So I got a scholarship to Baylor, and I met my wife there. So that's how I ended up in the Baptist tradition. It wasn't because um, hell and fire and brimstone. That's not what attracted me. There were people who loved me and cared for me, and it provided me a vehicle. So, yeah, back in the day I could run, but now I've got fake knees, and uh, I've got all kinds of things that would prohibit me from doing that. That's why swimming is good. Your dad would have less business if uh, more people swam. That's true. (laughs) Well, man, thank you for your time, and thank you for investing in my life and it's such a joy and pleasure to get to know you and and to know that you're trying to promote good things in our city thank you keep up the good work well likewise you've inspired many generations here well keep keep keeping on because we need more people like you here thank thank you for the opportunity and let's work together and do some good things that sounds great bless you all right thanks tom thank you